Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Nacho Tuesday. And today I have Juhi here with Partner One. Uh, she's the CEO over there, and I'd love if she could uh, introduce her company and what she does. Absolutely. Thank you for having us here, Andy. We're Partner One, and we help B2B companies stand up profitable partnerships. The whole point of that is to use partnerships to drive business growth. So whether you're in a partnership with a hyperscaler like Microsoft or you're interested in broader partnerships to break into new markets like the U.S. or new industries or new segments, that's what we work with you on. Great. So uh, what got you into partnerships? Um, you know, I've been working with you a little bit here and you seem like definitely like a the perfect partnership person. And what I mean by that is you're a very, you have a very, very win-win uh, attitude uh, and approach that you go about things and everything that you do. Um, so what, I guess, what got you down this path? Why did you choose to go the partnership route? And I guess what led you to where you're at in your career today? Oh, great question. So I, I fell into it. I thought I was going to be an astrophysicist and I was nerding out in physics and wanted to go to grad school for astronomy. However, I ended up working at Qualcomm, working on cell phones, and that's where I actually found my way into partnerships. I was fortunate to work on several strategic alliances with Apple, with Lab 126, which was Amazon's hardware division. And it was amazing. So much more fun than staring at spreadsheets. I actually got to work with humans and negotiate different aspects and making sure that things could work together in a system where you had a lot of constraints. And so that, that led me to doing strategic partnerships at Intel, at Microsoft, at Clearbit, and here I am today at Partner One. But really it comes down to curiosity. I'm deeply, deeply curious. I love learning. I love looking at different aspects of a problem. And I think that's, as you said, the heart of partnerships, just finding creative ways to have win-win situations. Yeah, definitely. And what, what uh, I guess I encourage you to kind of branch off and start your own company here. It sounds like you have a lot of passion for helping other companies build partnerships. Um, you must have saw a gap on the market, maybe with the way people are doing things and felt that, you know, you might be able to come in and help some people out there. What, what was your motivation behind it? Uh, it was twofold. One was what you said, that there was definitely a gap in the way people were building out their partner teams uh -huh. and the way they were partnering with companies like Microsoft. It, I've found that people tend to just say, here, partnerships team, go bring in revenue. <laughs> and that's not how partnerships works. Yep. It, there's actually a strategy that you need to put in place, systems, tools, processes. And I've done that successfully at Microsoft, Qualcomm, Clearbit. And I found myself in the position where companies were asking for guidance on how do you build partnerships? How do you work with Microsoft? And so I wrapped up the fiscal year with Clearbit this year and went full time in on Partner One, which I'd been doing with a few other folks on the side. But the other side of why I did this was also deeply personal. My dad and brother were entrepreneurs and my they both passed within the last couple of years very suddenly. So it's that. my job, I think, to honor their legacy. So here I am walking in their shadow in their footsteps and hope to build something really great and help a ton of businesses along the way. Sounds like you're doing off to a great start. So <laughs> I'm sure they're pretty proud. <laughs> um, so yeah, partner partner uh, led growth strategies are a big buzzword right now, and you know I'm particularly a fan of them as well. Um, I guess what are some key aspects of a partner partnership led growth strategy that companies should keep in mind when they're looking to roll out a partnership program of their own, and what makes it so effective in particular? Oh, 
So I'm going to take over the term PLG, forget product-led growth. We're going to focus on partner-led growth, as you said. So what I love about partner-led growth is it's incredibly effective. It's a great way to grow your revenue. You can really increase your profitability. You can enter new markets, new industries, new segments. And you're doing this without hiring more people, without investing a ton of money. So the beauty of partnerships is you're using someone else's established business, you know, their sales force, their customers, their marketing partners to expand your reach. And because you're not hiring more salespeople and more marketers, you're not going out there begging for funding or taking on a lot of risk and some crazy KPIs. You're working with complementary companies that have a solid reputation, hopefully, in the space you want to break into and that are actually going to open doors and bring you credibility while helping you break into these new segments. So it's extremely efficient. It's extremely effective if done right. And if it's not effective, you can pivot because you haven't made that huge upfront investment. And the key is, uh, you know, like we mentioned earlier, finding a win-win relationship Right. And so finding these uh, potential partners that kind of align with uh, you have a mutual alignment with uh, with both of your needs. Right. So it could be, say, if you're a software company, you might look for a software implementation partner uh, that maybe works with a lot of companies. And, you know, they your particular software solution might you know be of value to them and some of the types of clients that they work with. Um, but, yeah, really, it's about like taking what you're really good at and having that mesh with the yes. other aspects of another company that might not be doing well, or maybe even needs a product uh, to kind of, you know, fit that cog in the wheel, I guess, if, so to speak. That's beautiful. That's exactly it. It's like pieces of a puzzle in an ecosystem that just come together and add yeah. more value when they're together rather than alone to the customer. Great. And what other considerations would you offer for companies looking to build a partnership program? Is there anything they should look out for? Like, is it okay for like a really small company to partner with a big company or is there, you know, an offset of, or is there an, uh, an off balance there, I guess, in, in terms of those relationships? Um, I guess yeah. what, what should companies consider when choosing a good quality partner? Well, the first thing is to make sure you have product market fit because mm-hmm. if, if there isn't consistency in what you're selling and your ideal customer profile, then mm-hmm. it's hard to figure out how you're going to partner and whom you're going to partner with. The um, second thing to bear in mind is just like you have an ICP, it's important to have an ideal partner profile. Great point. And that will overlay the kinds of partnerships you stand up, the kinds of partners you work with, the investments you need to make, et cetera. But I found that companies that don't have exec buy-in and support at the CEO and board level right from mm-hmm. the get-go, those are the partner programs that struggle mm-hmm. quite a bit. Because partnerships, as you know, it's not one and done. It's not quick and easy. Mm. It takes a while to set up and scale. So slow and steady wins the race. It's really, really important to have that runway. And then once you have that, it's really important to have alignment on goals, both internally and externally. It's important to make sure you have enablement for your sellers and your partners. And like any business, define and track metrics and make sure the other party is successful because yeah. when you make the partner the hero i think everything else flows yeah definitely agree there yeah th- that that uh, leadership buy-in is very important right so figuring out you know a do we have something to offer these people as well we're not just asking for favors here and expect that we're the center of the universe here in a very egocentric approach right so putting exactly. yourself in their shoes and and, and seeing what 
you know, their, what their actual business interests are and how you could best align with that and serve those needs uh, just the same as you would before you would even ask for anything for yourself, actually. Well said. Well said. Any other uh, things that people should look out for uh, to prevent uh, in order to uh, in order to prevent uh, uh, a partnership from falling apart or not material materializing in the right way? What other what other bad signs should people look out for and uh, how, how would they mitigate mitigate those? So partnerships I found are a lot like marriage or a long term relationship, like crappy analogy, but really they both are investments. You don't always get what you want, mm -hmm. but I think you need to find that middle ground. So I think some gotchas I've seen are lack of exec buy-in. If you don't have that alignment at the top, you're not exactly set up to succeed. Um, then there's a focus on short-term revenue goals, you know, instead of longer strategic partnerships. Yeah. But lack of support, poor communication, misalignment of goals, those are all misaligned expectations. Those are all things that cause partnerships to fall apart. And sadly, it seems sometimes people don't want to tackle the issue head on, just like in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a shame that a lot of partnerships have fallen apart because people don't mm -hmm. make sure they're on the same page from the mm -hmm. get go. And without that framework in place, it's, it's hard to build it on the fly. Yep. Yeah. If you don't have that alignment of expectations from the beginning, um, it's going to break at some point. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You don't know where you're headed, so you'll mm -hmm. get there. So I guess, is there any apps or uh, tools that you would recommend for businesses maybe to not only attract new partners, but in order to uh, manage and maintain those relationships? Absolutely. You know, I think of the partner life cycle, the way you would think of a marketing funnel. So mm -hmm. For example, you would have phases like identifying a partner, onboarding them, recruiting, which means you're identifying customers to sell to. Um, you would want to drive conversion, so make sure you're selling well together. And the last piece would be retention, so staying engaged with the different kinds of partners you have and growing business with each other. So for each of these different sections of the funnel, there are a lot of great tools that can make sure that you have consistency both internally and externally. I can share some of my favorites. There are a ton of tools out there on Nacho Nacho. So, mm -hmm. but here are some that I think have been really great. Um, for, so for partner identification, and it's really hard, right? To figure out your partner ecosystem. So yeah. it's important to identify your ideal partner profile and if you don't have that in mind, you can use tools like um, Partner Optimizer. That's a really neat tool for figuring out who would be a good partner for you. Nice. And also the different segments out there. Uh, you can use for recruitment and conversion. You could use tools like Crossbeam and Reveal. Those are really neat tools, assuming your legal team lets you do them, <laughs> to use them to hook up your CRM systems and look for overlaps in white space in mm -hmm. your existing client base or your prospect lists. Once you know that, yeah, it's really neat because um, you can choose how much data to expose. Mm -hmm. So at the, when you start out, you can see, okay, we have a hundred joint clients. So this is the kind of campaign we could do. Oh, I can see or, why the lawyers don't like that. Well, <laughs> Maybe the CTO too. <laughs> yeah. I can see oh, how it can yeah. be really effective too. <laughs> 
Very much so. And that's why, um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention when you start a partnership, make sure you have an NDA in place so your lawyers <laughs> don't freak out. <laughs> that's a really neat tool. Like Crossbeam mm -hmm. and Reveal are fantastic to figure out who to cross-sell, upsell, co-sell, co-market, all of the things mm -hmm. too. But once you've figured out who you want to recruit and how you want to convert them, you go to the next stage, which is onboarding and retaining them. And there are a ton of tools out there, but I think it's really important to keep your deal flow going, to make it really easy for sellers to share deals with each other, to track metrics, to let partners share enablement content. Yeah. So a few tools that I found are really neat are InPartner, Partner Portal, there's Workspan, there's Pronto, there are several depending on which ecosystem you play in. So yeah. a lot of great tools to make it easy for partner managers. Yeah, and if you want to make it simple too, a lot of people these days are also using Slack and other existing work workspace tools to just kind of create like a subgroup in the in the Slack channel. If you want to go the cheap way, <laughs> which uh, in, in the startup world sometimes uh, sometimes that's the way to go. <laughs> oh, I you bring back traumatic memories for me because we used to, I'm just mostly kidding, but we <laughs> lived in Slack and my the poor RevOps team figured out a way to hook up Atlassian and trigger alerts and feed that mm -hmm. into a spreadsheet and CRM. So Absolutely. You can be really clever and use the tools in place till you're ready and mature enough for these other tools. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I guess, do you have any, uh, I guess, any growth hacks for startups looking to uh, get some sales and partnerships going? Like where, where are some good places to find potential partners, um, potentially with some of these tools, but it could be communities as well. And how would you separate the different types of partners available to a, a company today? including affiliates, maybe service integrators, if you want to elaborate on those different partnership types. Yeah, maybe I can start backwards. So as you mentioned, there are different kinds of partners out there. The way I think about them is pretty much the same way you described. There are affiliates or referral partners. There are resellers who can resell your services. There are tech partners who would basically integrate into your solution so that you could essentially have a bundled and very integrated offering to your customers. There are system integrators, there are value-added resellers, um, MSPs, that essentially are trusted advisors to companies and also sell them infrastructure and software. Mm -hmm. And they could be a great way for you to expand your reach among potential customer segments. And the last one I think about are strategic alliances. And those are the kinds of partnerships where you have to really, really invest to get the full benefit for example, if you're partnering with, it doesn't even have to be a company like Microsoft or Google or Amazon. It could simply be the leader in your space. If you're partnering with them and there's a bit of an imbalance in terms of who's perceived as the behemoth in the room, then I think you need a deeper investment because you want to shine in that kind of partnership particularly well. So that's how I think about the world of partnerships of course, there's more nuance than that. But one of the quickest ways to revenue is to set up referral partnerships or affiliate partnerships, as you mentioned. Because I think once you figure out, all right, who's got the customers I want to reach? Mm -hmm. What's my value proposition to their customers? You could approach them and offer a revenue share model yeah. or some kind of incentive so that when they bring you leads, you can thank them for that by in a financial way. So yep. and to me, that's the quickest. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's a lot more uh, finally for B2B, finally. <laughs> um, affiliate was really big and B2C exclusively for a long time, but B2B has really come a long way the last few years. Um, so you have, you know, you have channels like, uh, like impact.com. There's another, uh, seller that we have in our, in our platform as well in, in our marketplace called Redditus, uh, which is strictly focused on B2B SaaS actually for affiliate partnerships and whatnot. And a lot of these existing networks make it really easy to kind of go in and find the people that you're looking for and kind of build those relationships from the ground up and, and get, get some referral partnerships going really quickly and affordably actually. That is amazing. So that. I think every B2B company should be using something like that. If they're partner curious, it's a great way to dabble in it. Definitely. And uh, I guess, I guess more about yourself, I guess, uh, you know, failure comes with any profession, I guess. Could you tell us about a time you failed and what you learned from it? Yes. I, I failed because I said yes too much, ironically. <laughs> I had the same problem. <laughs> I think I still do a little bit, but. <laughs> I think it's our generation, but. Yeah. Um, when I was working at Qualcomm, I was responsible for basically defining different tiers of a product. And we got so many requests from different customers and different stakeholders that those two segments essentially ended up cannibalizing each other. Oh, so there was a lot of money that went into creating two tiers of products that looked the same, but were priced very, very differently. Mm -hmm. And it ended up with the higher price product getting scrapped. Yeah. And that was a really bad outcome for all of the different teams involved in the development and the sales and deployment. And I, I learned a lot from that because I said yes to too many people. And I should have said, no, here are the tiers we're playing in. If people want this feature, they can go up here. Yep. So no started to become my favorite new word. Yep. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. And a lot of times I see founders as well. Um, They'll say yes to every customer request, especially in the early stage too, when they're looking for product market fit. A lot of times, you know, they might not have that true North Star really in place yet, uh, really having their product defined and how it best solves their customer problems. So, you know, any customer feedback, uh, customer feedback is great, but sometimes you could take it too literally and you might get too many ideas and you might end up uh, building all these features that don't really, you know, solve the core customer problem that you're set out to do. Um, but it just kind of turns into like a monstrosity of a mess, if you will. <laughs> I've seen that happen a lot with early early companies. Well said. And to that point, as you said, having that path defined, like your mission, your vision, knowing exactly who you are and what you're going to be helps keep you on the right track. I didn't have that when I said yes too much. If I had just stuck to the tears and defined them well, this problem wouldn't have come about. Do you have any, uh, I guess, good examples of uh, some companies that are doing partnerships well that other uh, other companies could really look to emulate and look towards? Yes, it would be one of my former employers, Microsoft, actually. Mm -hmm. I think they've done a fabulous job. Uh, Microsoft Azure was not the leader in the cloud space mm -hmm. for a long time. And they listened to their customers. They learned from their mistakes. And the way they went about it was to try things incrementally every year, get customer feedback and see what worked and what didn't. So what I found, what I love about their partner program is they've made it really, really easy to partner with them. All you need to do is join a certain program, sell through their marketplace and activate more and more tiers of growth. And at each tier, they give you benefits and incentives. So those are some great takeaways. Just make it easy for your partners, enable them and incentivize them. 
Yep. That's a great point. Yeah. If he, I, I grew up in Seattle, so I know firsthand about, you know, my, Microsoft's influence and anytime you actually drive out towards Redmond, you'll just see all these other big buildings around there. And a lot of them aren't even Microsoft. They're just partners. Right. And they've all kind of just set up shop right next to the, uh, the hub there. Uh, Cause what they've really done is created very powerful network effects. You know, one, one thing that we're a big fan of over here at Nacho Nacho as well, you know, creating an ecosystem where, there's just so much value and interchange exchange between people, not only just between us and our partners, but between partners and our network as well. And you could see what Microsoft has done to your point, a great example of a, of a company that knows partnerships. Well, you just go there and the whole city is pretty much just Microsoft and all these, you know, hundreds of other vendors, vendor companies that have served Microsoft uh, that, that either work with Microsoft technologies or uh, do consulting on their behalf. Uh, so they've created like a whole city over there, <laughs> just built on right. partners alone. <laughs> and and what I love about them, what I found super unique is that they don't get extremely territorial. I think mm-hmm. their goal is to empower others. And as long as it's driving consumption and growth for their customers, it's all good. For example, Datadog competed directly with one of their products. Yep. And I think they saw that their target customers wanted to use Datadog. So they just integrated them on the Azure portal. And I worked on that relationship and it was incredibly easy for our execs to see the value proposition. And I think it's that open-mindedness at the exec level that's that's also been huge for their success. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and I, I always say this too with uh, competitors even, you know, I never, I look at them as colleagues, I guess. Um, yeah. you know, we're, never really, we're never really competing if we're trying to get the same thing. Um, so, you know, and a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So if yeah, the yeah. industry and my competitors are doing well, it'll lift us up uh, just just the same. So um, that is an interesting approach, and it does take that leadership buy-in. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about, right? Working with your competitors, even, <laughs> but uh, that right? is the key growth having that openness there. Yeah, and I cool, wish I more companies would embrace that because it really does open doors. Yeah, it does. I, I think that sh- that culture shifting, though, especially with the our generation, uh, the millennials and the uh, Gen Z coming in, I, I feel like they are, you know, a lot more collaborative with each other. So I think, you know, partnership, partnership led growth and other partnership initiatives, I think, are the, you know, pretty much the future of marketing. Right. Not just spending a bunch of money on ads, but trying to find other business and partners that you could work with to mutually grow each other's business. And then it becomes all about, you know, the community that you build around your business really uh, that defines the success. Well said, because your customers become your biggest fans. Yep. Yep. Uh, so is there any great books that people should look out for too? Uh, you know, if they want to learn about uh, partnership-led growth and uh, really dive into it in detail? Mm, not partnership-led growth per se. I, I try to keep my reading out of my workspace, but I I recently read a book called Lifespan, and I thought that was fascinating because it talked about behaviors that you can adapt to increase your lifespan and live healthier longer. Actually, there are some takeaways from that towards partnerships, which would be uh, you can always be learning, always look for those fundamental things that improve, that make small incremental improvements, but that have really large ripple effects. Uh, For example, Lifespan talked about a couple of molecules that shift just a little bit, cause epigenetic changes that can lead to cancer decades later. And there are very small things you can do to actually correct for that. And so in partnerships and really anything in life, if we can identify those things that are just a bit off kilter 
and course correct, I think you can save yourself from really bad effects later on. Yeah, that's a great point. It could be, you know, maybe a strategic misalignment internally. It could be maybe a maybe the wrong maybe the wrong employee. Um, but just yeah. you know, figuring out what those what those elements are. It's yeah. To your point, I mean, you might geek out about this, but uh, I know you're into science and all. But uh, you know, chemistry, right? So you know, you could have the same elements together, but if you don't have that right mix, it doesn't. You know, you don't get the combustion or the, you know, you don't get that effect, right? So right. you know, you got to figure out what those missing uh, pieces are, those molecules to really get that that formula that you need for success in your company. And you know, you just have to look at all those variables as you know, separate pieces of a. Uh, of that chemistry set that you're building, I guess, if that makes sense. Exactly. It's the little things that make all the difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'd love, uh, you know, for you to once again, talk about your company and, you know, why, you know, why should people come to you? Uh, what, what's the best, uh, you know, what's your ICP uh, and, uh, you know, go ahead and tell us more about your company and, uh, you know, where people could find out more about partner one. Yeah. Well, Partner One, we work with B2B system integrators and ISVs, software companies, and we focus on a very narrow set of things. It's partnerships and partnerships with hyperscalers with the end goal of increasing revenue growth. And the thing is, when I work with experts in any field, I like to work with people who've been there, done that, lived through the pain. They have the battle scars. And so the reason we decided to double down on partnerships and working with companies like Microsoft is I've built out programs at Microsoft. I built out their financial services, ISV program. I built out their high growth startups program called Pegasus. So mm -hmm. I, through the ISVs that painfully lived through working with Microsoft and saw a ton of growth actually after working with us, yeah. we know how to navigate that ecosystem, built out partnerships at Clearbit, and some of my partners have done the same at other companies. So we know where you can trip and fall. We know how to pivot. And that's why we focus on what we focus on. So if someone asks us to do some marketing for them, we can absolutely help. But we'd rather point you to an expert in the field. But if you're focused on partnerships and you want to get your partner program off the ground or you want to work with Microsoft or Google or AWS, drop me a note. I'm on LinkedIn or www.partner1.io. We yeah. would love to say hi. Yeah, I noticed that you uh, very intelligently put that into your title there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people like, how do you spell your company's name? Yep, it's right there. <laughs> so if anybody's uh, looking uh, looking to help grow their partnership programs, uh, definitely check out Juhi's, uh, Juhi's platform, uh, her consulting services there. You can see her website here. And you could also find her. Did you get listed in the Maven Marketplace yet? Uh, yes, that's questions? right. Okay. Okay. Very exciting new feature launch we have coming out soon. And uh, you, he was, you know, as one of our close partners is one of the first people to be able to try out this new service. So um, you could also find her through Nacho Nacho, but um, we could also go direct to her website right here and uh, definitely recommend her as uh, the queen of partnerships. Uh, we've been working together for a few months and I must say it's been a, it's been a pleasure working with her. She's been a, a networker. She's really connected us with a lot of great people and uh, she definitely, uh, she, she definitely means what it's uh, what she says when it comes to partnerships. So, uh, you've been a valuable asset as a partner for us. So, I'd like to thank you again for that. Thank you. The feeling is mutual and blushing here. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, once again, thanks, thanks again, Juhi, and uh, we'll we'll catch you soon. Okay. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. You too. Thank you. Be well.
All right. Um, cool. 